Welcome back, folks, to episode three of the Randonista podcast. I am currently recording with two dogs today. I got Watson chewing on something in the background and my sister's dog, Ray, uh, Watson's cousin, hanging out with me. So if you hear anything in the background during these interstitials, that's what that is. Um, actually, I got to tell you a quick story about Watson. He, uh, he used to chase everybody he saw on a bike. Really, it got so bad, I eventually had to take his bike away. <laughs> okay, I'll just take a moment, let you get your laughter under control, okay? Okay, in honor of Thanksgiving this week, I wanted to have a fun episode focused on my favorite topic and the thing I'm most thankful for after bikes, of course, which is bike dogs. My bike dog role model, Stacy King, joins me for a chat about our experiences schlepping around our bike dogs. We also hear from Christina Smars and her experience getting back on a bike after many years. We went to Fresh Pond and, oh wow, there were so many dogs around us. Um, the recording does not do justice to all of the pups that kept coming in and out while we were chatting. I also couldn't stop laughing because Smars is just one of the funniest people that I know. I don't have a news segment this week. Again, I was trying to keep the episode a little shorter, but I do have a couple of updates for everyone. First, I want to give a shout out about an exciting win for biking infrastructure in Boston, and that is the protected lanes on the Mass Ave Bridge. MassDOT installed traffic barrels on Monday and will be piloting this throughout the winter. I have not had a chance to ride on it, but I'm very excited and I recommend everybody go back and forth as much as possible because if it goes well, they will work with Cambridge and Boston to permanently install a safer solution for bicycles, pedestrians, and motorists. I also want to thank the world's messengers, and specifically Gabriel Mendez and Peter Chung for bringing back Cranksgiving this year. There's really no better feeling than using the bicycle to support your community. The event, which runs kind of like an alley cat race, encourages riders to visit a number of different grocery stores and buy donations for charity. This year, the event supported two awesome charities, the Pine Street Inn, whose mission it is to end homelessness by making permanent housing a reality for all, and the Animal Rescue League of Boston, who is an unwavering champion for animals in need, committed to keeping them safe and healthy in habitats and homes. I attended with Watson, and we had a blast. Good people, good vibes, and pizza. What could really go wrong? If you weren't able to attend the event, but still want to support the GoFundMe page, you can go and donate now, and I'll have the link in the show notes. You can also see an amazing video recap of the event by Peter Chung with a special segment dedicated specifically to Watson in his backpack. This will also be linked in the show notes. And now we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with friends on bikes eating dessert. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Friends on Bikes Eating Dessert. Today, I am joined by a friend that I haven't seen in person in a couple of years due to the pandemic and just life. Um, turns out we really don't live that far apart, so we're definitely going to have to do this again. 
uh, Christina Smars, or Smars as she will be referred to throughout the podcast, um, was actually my improv coach or teacher and not quite coach, teacher for a few years. You're welcome. Um, and just a lovely, delightful person that I know likes being outside and, and having a good time. So I invited her to come out for a ride with me today. Um, and uh, welcome, Smars. Thank you. <laughs> it's very nice to be here, and it's a gorgeous day. I know. For mid-November, we oh, really lucked out. It's beautiful, and like all the colors are popping so big right now. It's crazy. The biggest problem was really just the leaves on the ground. We had to be careful. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I have to be careful of myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, I'm going to wipe out. I know I'm going to wipe out. No, give us plenty to talk about. <laughs> she did not. I didn't. She did not. I didn't even. Nope. <laughs> I, d- I didn't even. I didn't even do it. <laughs> um, excellent. So we went for a little ride today um, from... Watertown to Fresh Pond in Cambridge because uh, you wrote to me and I quote, I'd like to ride where I can't die getting hit by a car that's and true. one that's maybe pretty. So how did we do? I think we A plus. A plus <laughs> on that. You, you nailed it. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. And I've yet to be hit by a car. Although, you know, it's one of those things where you go like, oh, it'd be so funny if all of a sudden a car came out of nowhere and hit us right here. <laughs> like, obviously, that's not good. We're, we're in the middle. We're sitting by a little lake on a bike path. But it's just one of those, like, totally random, <laughs> unexpected things that you don't really want to have happen. But you're like, oh, wouldn't that be funny if? Uh, honestly, <laughs> I talk about this with my friends all the time. The comedy brain is a real problem. Yeah, you warped. joke about just, like, the most horrible things happening because... Mm-hmm. For the sake of comedy, yeah. it would have been a pretty funny it moment. Been funny. <laughs> yeah, like literally our last words would have been, yeah, I didn't want to get hit by a car and killed, but I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> How um, long is this interview? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick 10 minutes. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, what we did today was go on the new Watertown Cambridge Greenway. Um, that path is not officially open. Uh, we, we talked we about it. it. We opened it. <laughs> yep. uh, we, we definitely, you know, saw lots of people out. You'll see it in the uh, behind the scenes video um, as well, that there's plenty of people riding on that path. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely open enough for the public. We talked about it a couple of episodes ago that the official opening is probably going to be at the end of the year, but it's available if you want to check it out. I cut all the ribbons, all the ones saying danger, keep out, just kind of as like a ceremonial mm-hmm. welcome to the path. So mm-hmm. I feel like we opened it. With officially. extra large scissors. Yep. I, I carry them with me everywhere I go. <laughs> Um, so we took that path down and we ended up at the fresh pond, um, pond, if you will. And oh, this is like the pond of the pond, isn't it? Like, yeah. So we're at a little offshoot next to fresh pond, which is another little pond. We're looking at some beautiful swans in front of us. Watson is staring quite avidly yeah, at them. Watson wants a piece of those swans. Yeah. Really not a bad. great idea, buddy. Uh, and so we went for a little ride around the pond. There's the beautiful pathway there. So you know, hit all of the buttons, which is don't get hit by cars and have a beautiful view. So, mm-hmm. and we picked the right time of year with all the leaves turning. It's, it's really quite gorgeous right now. Um, then I wanted to give you a little bit of a history about Fresh Pond uh, as a place that we've both been multiple, multiple times, multiple times, probably too small a number, but many, many, many times. 
Um, I didn't really know much about it except for that it's technically a reservoir. Right, not a pond at all. Right, exactly. And I don't think it's too fresh. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole name of Miss it is It is thousands of years old. Yeah. This is true. It's a dirty reservoir is what it is, not a fresh <laughs> pond. Well, it's not dirty. Well, okay, not they dirty. drink the water. Mm. <laughs> it, it feeds dirty water. So my pond. first fact <laughs> is that it feeds water into Cambridge and Belmont. You dirty little pond. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, this pond was actually used by the Native American people of this region for fishing and drinking water for several thousand years before we even stumbled upon it as two white people. Wait, the fresh um, pond or the little the baby fresh pond? pond. Fresh okay. pond. Oh. Yeah. And in the 17th century, colonists used to fish alewives with fishing weirs, which what? is where the, the name alewife, we're right by the MBTA stop. Um, that's where that name comes no from. Way. I always thought that was a really weird name. Now I know what it is. I it's, did too. I thought it's a it type was of like, fish. I thought it was like an old puritanical sort of thing. You know, like Goody yeah. Proctor was the alewife of our town. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, or like, or like a like a beer wench sort of thing. Like yeah. I thought it was kind of that same sort of thing. Like a woman that ran like the tavern. I always thought the same thing. Apparently, it's something that you fish for. All right. Um, so they taught the colonists how to do this, and they spent many years uh, learning the techniques and fishing. Um, they also hunted ducks and grew hay along the pathway and the hey. pond. Um, <laughs> and then in the 18th century, uh, settlers started to settle around the pond. They filled in the marshes that used to be around it, constructed a hotel. What? And at some point around the mid-19th century, the pond became privately owned. Now, what Wikipedia was missing was at what point we just took the land from the Native That's Americans who were here and decided that we should now own it. Well, it's um, like a lot of our history. We don't like to talk about what really happened. Yeah, so I'm going to have to maybe look up a yeah. book on this whole area because that was missing in my research, and it seemed like a pretty big hole Yeah. in the mid-19th century. As I had just said, it's, it's privately owned. Um, but the fun part about that, other than the appropriation and, and probably... Uh, stealing of land uh, is the fact that it was Never fun. <laughs> was uh, a flourishing ice harvesting industry that um, they shipped ice as far as Europe, China, and India from this pond. That's kind of cool. There's there was a handful of ice harvesting spots near and around Boston. There's a guy that lived in Harvard Square. I couldn't tell you where, but I could point out the house if I passed it. And his basement was like that's where they would keep the ice after they harvested it. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. Like, it would just melt so quickly. It wouldn't, though. Like, it, because of it's the, so big. Because of the way that it would be built, yeah. And they would literally yeah. go out and saw it and then drag it. And I'm just imagining it. the beginning of Frozen right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about how moldy that basement must be. <laughs> mm, yeah, that too. Um, but then uh, about 15 years later, the city took over ownership of the pond um, and made it into a public publicly supplying uh, that is not how you phrase that into a public water supply system mm. um, and it now supplies water to Cambridge uh, as well as um, Belmont and then there's a bunch of aqueducts that you know kind of push the water to and from all of the reservoirs including in Lexington Lincoln Waltham and Weston so this water really gets around that's I mean that's the history that's Awesome. That's, That's a the lot ball of history. Game. That's a lot of history. We talked about the history a little bit. Uh-huh. And we talked about doing the type of ride that you were looking for. Yes. Um, but tell me a little bit about your history. I know you've ridden 
a bit. You have your blue bikes that you'll take out once in a while, and you keep talking about getting a bike, but have you ridden around Nope, the area? Okay. No, no, <laughs> I haven't. Um, yeah, no, I haven't had a bike. I haven't owned a bike in since I was a wee one. I don't think, yeah, probably s- since I was preteen. I think that's probably... That was a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. Yeah. That um, sounded meaner than I meant it to. <laughs> I'm decrepit. <laughs> back when I was a preteen, we had we had we had a lot more wheels on the bikes back then. Now you kids you only have two. <laughs> um, um did you ever so you haven't ridden around like Watertown at all? How long have you lived there? Um, only about six months. Yeah. So it's a relatively recent. No, I was used to live in Medford. And I was going to get one there because there was a lot of space and it was very residential and I had easy access to my basement. So it would have been really easy to store. Um, but the thing that I noticed is that there was no bike trails or no bike paths around. So in order to get somewhere that I'd have to ride, I'd have to be on the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just I know how I drive in this area. So and I've seen it like th- it's become so much safer with the bike lanes and such. But sometimes I wonder if that doesn't make it a little bit more harried because cars are driving in unfamiliar patterns now. But um, yeah, I had a bike for a little while. I lived near Newport and um, I used to love to ride it down to the beach, but I lost that bike in the divorce, which was a breakup. It wasn't really a divorce, but um, so, yeah, I think the longest I've gotten in was like an 18 mile ride. That's pretty good. It was nice. Yeah, it was great. Was that just on like a pathway? Mm-mm. No, that was roads and, and stuff like that. But it was, it's not very busy down there. Or it wasn't at that time. Yeah. Back in the 1930s. <laughs> 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 now that you've seen this new pathway, and to be honest, we did ride on a little bit of sidewalk to get here, but they're extending the pathway and it's going to be a little easier to get to from where you live now if you could take those side streets over. Yeah. Do you think you'll come over here more often? Oh, Hundo P. Yeah. Especially after you just said that there's no parking over here if you don't live in Cambridge. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have no choice. I have no choice. I mean, I could walk here because that was going to be a plan at one point was to yeah. walk. And it really is not that it's far. It's not that far. But um, yeah, no, definitely. And I love that ride. It's so pretty. It was so nice down sort of down and around like little building areas and mm-hmm. lots of trees and very well protected. Yeah, it's a it's a cute little area. Um, I'm really excited for this path to finally really be open to the public, uh, as we said, sort of. Um, but it, it wasn't even it wasn't even paved all the way to where we got on until mm. maybe like a month ago. Really? So it's it's ready for you to to take over and become mm-hmm. you know top queen, queen of the. Queen I, of the well, path. I was gonna say top Strava segment, whatever they call those. <laughs> um, I think they call it like the mayor of this path okay. because you're on it all the time. Like well, I've square. noticed that it's it's just clean pavement right now. That there's mm-hmm. no lines marked in there, so I see that as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm artistic, and I think <laughs> I think I can do some really nice delineation on there. Ah, oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> Um, do you have any questions for me before we move on to the last thing, which is some yummy, yummy dessert? Um, well, where's your favorite place to ride around here? Oh, that's a great question. Um, thank you. <laughs> my favorite place to ride is along the Charles river, uh. but it's the same thing where it's, uh, it's a path that's relatively close to my house. Um, it's easy enough to get to the, they've put in a, a little bit more infrastructure to make it easy to get to without feeling too unsafe. Um, 
and I, you may have noticed, I, I just love when the sun is shimmering on water. Mm. It's just such a beautiful view. Yeah. And so on a beautiful sunny day, riding along the Charles with the sun shining on the water. Nothing better. Yeah. yeah. I actually go by this pond all the time, but I'm normally on the outside track um, going to my sister's house. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, so the whole point of this segment is... Um, I want to make sure that my friends get something more than just a bike ride, even though that's a, a gift in and of itself. We do. We get a bike ride and wonderful company. Yeah, because the dog is pretty great. Uh, um, it is actually, I'm going to echo what Bridget said. I love riding behind you and watching people react to him. And it really is funny because it's like, and it also gives me cachet to be an idiot. Like I, <laughs> I'm riding on a blue bike. Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing as a rider, but people are distracted by him, but they also see that I'm with him so I am by nature like I am by proxy cool because I've got this <laughs> little dog with sunglasses yeah. riding in a bike in front of me that's very true yeah. um so as a thank you for coming out on this ride today I did get you some dessert so give Ooh. me one second to get it off of my bike yum so now I've got a lot of time where LJ isn't on the microphone and I can just talk and talk and talk and talk. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the band Nelson. Nelson, were, uh, it's a band uh, started by the twin sons of Ricky Nelson. They were Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. Uh, they, uh, you might remember them from a song, um, I Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. I think it's just called Love and Affection with I Can't Live Without Your in parentheses. Um, but they were uh, blonde, flowing-haired twins, identical, except those in the know knew that Matthew had bangs and Gunnar did not. Um, oh, LJ's back. So <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, uh, what were you talking about just now? Nothing. Uh, just Watson and I were, were talking about those swans. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. I can't wait to listen back to the recording later. Um, yeah, so for dessert and as a thank you slash bribe for coming out on this bike ride today, I made us some chocolate chip and peanut butter cookies. Oh my gosh, those look amazing. They smell really good. Watson's smelling Watson it. Watson wants this. It's oh. not for you. Not for you. We're going to do a quick little oh, cheers. I already bit mine. <laughs> I'm going to chew real mm, loud because I know this is a podcast. So, <laughs> can you hear how delicious that is, listeners? Watson just tried to eat it out yep. of your mouth. Yep. Um, well, we're going to sign off now and continue to eat cookies because I brought a handful of them. And I just wanted to say, Smars, thanks so much for coming on this ride with me today. Um, you'll hear her voice again later in this episode because we're going to play a fun game together. But thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a treat. Wow. I laughed so hard during that conversation with Smars. What? A hilarious human. I was actually concerned about the ability to edit around all of the bits we were doing, but it came out great. Before we dive into my in-depth conversation about bike dogs, I want to remind everyone that there's always a fun behind-the-scenes video of my adventures when I do friends on bikes eating dessert, and I'll be putting the socials-friendly version on my Insta soon, but the widescreen version, which shows more details and has an extended ending, is already on the YouTube page. And you can go view that and all of my other segments on the YouTube at, uh, I believe you just go to YouTube and look up Brandonista and you'll be able to find that page. 
And now the moment you've been waiting for, a conversation that is just about bike dogs. Stacy and I did our LCI training together, which is the League Cycling Instructors. And we were very connected while she lived in Boston with her bike dog, but has since moved away to Maryland. So I was grateful that she was gracious about getting on a remote call with me. And how could she resist when there's nothing that we like doing more than talking about our dogs? So here is that conversation. I used to watch Stacy ride around in Boston with her dog. So when I was looking to get a dog, I sat down and asked her a million questions. And I feel like that conversation might be prudent to other people out here. So that was a very long intro, but Stacy, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have this conversation in this way. <laughs> I think I, and I, I won't speak for both of us, but I know it's come up every once in a while where you tell someone that you have a bike dog and they want to know all the horror stories. <laughs> I mean, if you want to share any, you're welcome to, but this is really going to be a conversation focused on the light side, the happy side, you know, the, the positive side of having a bike dog. Yeah. Well, which is that, <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, it, most days. Yeah, I mean, I would say it is, you know, one hundred percent the most joyful experience. <laughs> um, um, I think my only horror story is um, that I did actually fall. I had a, I took a spill um, last summer. Um, just we were just out for a ride, and um, I kind of veered off the sidewalk that we were riding on and into kind of a really deep gutter between the edge of the sidewalk oh, no. and the grass and just kind of like flew off the bike. But I, um, you know, and, and I was riding with Priscilla, she was on my back. And so it was kind of the first time that I really had to like tuck and roll appropriately <laughs> to protect my... But you, <laughs> if I recall from our conversation about this, you did everything a bike mom should do and protected her <laughs> as you were falling, yeah, right? she was totally fine. Um, yeah, I didn't, you know, didn't fall on her. I sort of fell in the right way and, um, and you know, just kind of like sat with her, you know, took her off my back and kind of sat on this little hill that we had run into and... Um, just gave her a couple of treats and checked her out and she seemed completely unfazed. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was really just me. Um, and I certainly had the bruises for a couple of weeks to, um, to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to go along with it. But the next time I, you know, was ready to ride with her, I gave, gave it a couple of days and, um, she was, yeah, just completely like her normal, you know, happy, happy, wiggly self. Like I pulled out the bike bag and she was like, yep, let's go. So <laughs> I I love that. I was like, we're going to have a positive conversation. You're like, okay, so this one time I fell with my dog. Let me just get it out of the way. Uh, but taking a step back for a second, like what, what came first? The, the dog, the idea for a bike dog, how did, how did that all like, you adopted her four years ago. Is that what I saw yep. recently? Yep. We just had her. Because our dogs have very close gotcha days. <laughs> They're only a couple of days apart, but a couple of years apart. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the idea was first. Um, and the idea actually, quite sadly, was sprung out of um, losing um, our last dog. So my ex-husband mm -hmm. and I had this really wonderful uh, large shepherd lab mix kind of dog and she was sweet and great and we loved her dearly. And, um, in the last year of her life, she really declined and it became very limiting for us. You know, we couldn't really travel. We couldn't do the sorts of things because, um, she just needed care that wasn't conducive to, 
us having a life. So, you know, we kind of dedicated, oh, no. <laughs> you know, we dedicated our, the, her last year, you know, our, a year of, you know, caring for her on the way out. Um, and we had decided to take a year off of having, having a dog and just kind of regrouping and seeing how it went. And after about a month, I kind of decided that there was no way I could wait for a year. Like I just, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole that Sarah left behind was just so vast <laughs> that, um, couldn't really do it. And, you know, um, my ex-husband had reminded me that, uh, part of the reason we wanted this break was to be able to travel and go out and do things. And so I kind of shifted my mindset and said, you know, what if we got a smaller dog or, you know, had, had some, had a dog that just might be easier to travel with. And, um, so I had never really been a small dog person before. And, uh, so the, the second sort of feeder piece into this was, um, that I have a friend in Boston who knew that we had lost Sarah and started feeding me, um, links to rescue organizations through Facebook. And Mm -hmm. I think she's the one that put me on to great dog rescue, New England. And, um, she had sent me a link to a different dog, um, but and it was a small dog, and that was kind of again like, oh well, you know, maybe like a small dog is the way to go, and you know, more portable and whatever. And um, and as I started thinking through it, I thought, well, you know, if we can like get this dog to be a bike dog, then that would be even better. Mm-hmm. Whoever that dog is. Did you <laughs> did you have any examples, or did you did you have kind of a mentor in your life that you were seeing do this, or nope. was it something you were just like, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> If I could bike with my dog. Yep. It was, it was, you know, <laughs> I had already drunk the bike everywhere Kool-Aid. <laughs> of course. And was, you know, just fully into bicycling for transportation and every need I had and thought, um, I really think, you know, that there must be a way to do this with a dog. And I, you know, sort of found the, the baskets on the front and, you know, found the sites for the, the backpacks and things. And I thought, well, there's an industry that supports this. So obviously, and there are, you know, pictures of people doing it. So it obviously is, is something that can happen. So, <laughs> um, so I eventually, so I eventually did see, um, this post about Priscilla and not only did I see the post about her, but then I saw that she was featured on, there was a local radio station that does a Monday's Mutt where they feature a dog. Um, and so that's when I actually saw her in action and she was like crazy, wiggly, happy, you know, seemed obedient. I have since learned that (laughs) (laughs) that was her selective listening really shining through (laughs) on a good day. (laughs) Um, and so I, you know, kind of pushed the issue at home a little bit and said, let's, you know, can we please give this a try? (laughs) Um, and I filled out the application for her and we met her. Her her lovely foster mom brought her over to the house and, um, yep, she was very sweet. And I even said to the foster mom, I said, do you think she would be a good bike dog? (laughs) (laughs) And the foster mom said, I think she would do just about anything. And, Um, so, you know, it was kind of a, it was definitely a risk, definitely like a roll of the dice, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah. So after we adopted her, uh, got her settled in for a couple of weeks because it was, yeah, it was right before Veterans Day that, um, that she, uh, that she entered the family officially. And I think our, my first ride with her was over Thanksgiving weekend. So it wasn't that long. Oh, from... wow. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that I long. Wanna, I wanna... <laughs> so I want to dig in a little bit because I know for me, I got the 
I got Watson and then I, you know, as you know, had already messaged you and asked a million questions about it <laughs> while I was looking for a dog. Um, and I was in a situation where everybody was trying to get a pandemic puppy mm. and especially living in a city, everybody wanted a small dog. Yeah. So it was, I don't want to say slim pickings because <laughs> I got the best dog, but it was, I, I felt like I couldn't be too picky. <laughs> like, like I just, he's, he's good. He fits the category. It's fine. We're going to take it. And he's going to like a backpack, whether he wants to or not. But I, I gave it about a, a month, month and a half. Cause I asked for the backpack as a Hanukkah present. Cool. So I didn't get it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like you had everything already. <laughs> yeah. It really just didn't take long. I think, um, you know, the, the bag came first, um, and yeah, I tried her, uh, you know, first just tried getting her into it and lots of positive reinforcement, a whole lot of treats. And then I actually started, um, just riding my bike through the living room of the house, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just a mm-hmm. couple little, you know, just one or two pedals or at a time and just seeing how she dealt with it. And then, um, you know, and then still the, the positive reinforcements, I really have nailed the art of you know, feeding the dog over my shoulder while we're riding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, um, yeah. And then just, you know, bigger ventures and then, um, yeah, out into the wild and then even up, you know, up into more vehicular cycling and even ride. I mean, she takes riding alongside MBTA buses like a champ. So <laughs> it was not what I was yeah, expecting. It, people, uh, a common question people have is, you know, how did you get your dog to do that? But it sounds like we both had dogs that just were kind of cool with it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, just roll with this. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she's. And in that way, we were very lucky. Right. Right. Yeah. It's good to have an adventure dog, like a dog who is already not afraid of things. I, I call Priscilla my um, say yes to everything dog because she just she just does it like whatever we want to do. She's just up for anything. So <laughs> I think I yeah, sort of that's... nailed that about her personality. Um, I feel very proud that I nailed that about her personality <laughs> at the be- from the beginning. <laughs> and that's funny. Cause I normally, um, I normally describe Watson as like pretty tolerant. Like he'll, he'll do anything too, but sometimes he's like, mm, I guess we can do this. Like, I'm not going to protest it. And then after a little while, he's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like camping, I felt like was that way where he was kind of like, why are we outside so much? Why do you want me to go in this tent? What's going on? Like I'm here. I'm not complaining. Um, but this is weird. And then after a couple of nights, he was like, oh, you know what? I'm tired. I'm just going to lie down in the tent by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be near you. We're good. I got this. I get it now. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, yeah, camping is probably an area that Priscilla is very, it's maybe sort of the opposite. Like she's super excited about it. And then we get there and she's sort of like, mm, I don't know, these acorns, you know, sort of hitting the ground and weird noises and owls hooting in the middle of the night. Like she's a little more of a glamping dog, I think at this point in her mm. life, but I'm, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to like, sometimes I tense up in the middle of the night cause I can feel him like something, there'll be a sound from like maybe a friend getting out of their tent mm. and it startles him mm. and all it takes is like one startle and he like goes off. Oh, yeah. uh, so I have to like hold him to me and be like, shh, it's okay. It's okay. It's our friend just getting up to go to the bathroom. Don't worry. Don't bark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you had the backpack, you got her in and you started riding right away. Um, 
but as we you know just learned from this story that was late November and in Boston so (laughs) how did that first winter go do you tend to you know keep her a bit warmer in some way did you shorten the amount of rides you were doing yeah definitely short um definitely short rides like I would ride with her to you know the pet smart <laughs> to, to yeah. walk around to buy her food um i what i learned surprisingly was that um you know much like us with layering uh it is possible to overlayer your dog your bike dog um oh so. wow that i haven't run into yet so that's good to know yeah, yeah the first time i took her out on a cold night um we were just going to the pet smart which was i would say maybe the way we went less than two miles from point to point. And, um, I put her in her little purple puffy jacket and I had my puffy <laughs> jacket on because, you know, I knew we weren't going long enough to, for me to work up a ton of heat. And by the time we got there, I think we were like both sweating. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. People, if people ask about that, so it's, you know, when you're biking, you generate a lot of heat, mm. but what's nice is that heat then transfers to the dog because right. they're right up against your back yeah. um so I think about that a lot too I had him out for a bike ride last weekend and the Saturday was beautiful mm. we had a great day out the Sunday it was colder yeah. and the moment the sun went away and the cloud coverage came in he was sitting shivering in his sweater while we were sitting outside <laughs> eating but then I got him into the backpack and within five minutes he was fine yeah stopped shivering and his head was up and he was well I mean his head was up anyway he was excited to be back in the backpack but but he warmed right up yeah yep definitely it's it is one of those more surprising elements of that and I actually I find that in the summer I can get pretty uncomfortable you know for riding Mm -hmm. longer distances or whatever and I had also so I think the first summer I had her I sprung for a bike trailer thinking I could maybe Mm. transition the fuzzy barnacle into a trailer dog, and she does not want any part of that. Oh, no. I was going to ask about that, because Watson did the trailer for that first month and a half. Because I had, you know, I I had every intention. You know, I I didn't really tell this part of my story, but I did mention that you were my mentor, which is that (laughs) When I was looking for a dog, yes, I couldn't be picky, but they still had to fit within the you know mm. twenty pound range. Yeah. Um, hopefully, have a chill personality <laughs> because come hell or high water, this dog was going in a backpack, whether they wanted to or not, <laughs> because that's how I get around. I also have drank the Kool Aid. I don't have a car. Um, I go to my sister's a lot. She's not that far from me because my nephews are there. You know, got to go to the vet. You got to go to Petco. You got to go to all of these places. And you need to be able to transport the dog. Um, But where I was going with all this is that we also did the trailer thing for about a month and a half. And he did not like it. He It was this weird thing where he didn't want to be left at home. Mm. He knew it was crate or trailer and he would choose trailer. But then we would get out into the world and he's um, in the trailer, in the cold... I like, and he's whining. And so I I was afraid that, you know, new dog mom, I was like, Oh my God, he's too cold. I like took my (laughs) sweater off and put it around him. And it's like 20 degrees out and I'm freezing my butt off, but my dog is okay. Um, and I tried to like put the, the clear thing over his face, but then he seemed to really want the wind in his 
in his hair so he <laughs> needed to have like his nose sticking out. it was like a whole thing oh, wow. so yeah long story short is he still preferred to come with me but he would whine every time I put him in oh. a trailer and never got any better <laughs> yeah Priscilla had like a frantic the first time I did it she was um she not only was she I mean she was whining like she made noises that I don't think I've really ever heard her make since and was like digging at the thing to get out (laughs) it was and this was just like to the end of the driveway like it was an immediate reaction for her and so (laughs) there was he'd wait half a mile and we'd be on the side of the road and I'm like oh my god what's wrong do we need to turn around Yeah, yeah. And then and then it hits that point where you're like, yes, people, I can hear him whining. <laughs> Ignore him. We'll be there very soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we never really even got the chance to make it to the <laughs> point. So <laughs> now I have a trailer that I think I used to take donuts to a work event a couple of times <laughs> and, <laughs> and is currently storing some stuff, you know, waiting for the next move. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, what is uh? So, what's your longest ride that you've ever done with her? Uh, yeah. So this summer, actually, Priscilla completed her first half century. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she was real tired of all How? that pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? How long did that take? Because um, you have to take breaks. Yes. Do you like? Do you take a lot of breaks with her? Oh, we d- yeah, yeah. Especially that ride. Yeah, we definitely took um, took a bunch of breaks, and um, uh, it took um, I can't remember how many hours, but I mean, it did take us a reasonable amount of time. We were on the eastern shore of Maryland, so even though the terrain was relatively flat, it was still a little bit hilly. And we had some headwind, which we tend to get on the eastern shore. Um, so that made it a little bit unhappy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we took we took a, we took several hours, I think, to to get it done. Maybe I don't know, maybe four or five, maybe five hours um, with all the stopping. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, um, for sixty-two-ish miles. Yeah, yeah, just fifty. Or you it was, said half century. Yeah, fifty. Yep, sorry. Yeah, just fifty. I had metric century in my head for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, so we stopped and it was um it was it was fun to bring her because the ride was a fundraising ride for um a Lions Club specifically for their um uh companion sight dog program. So Priscilla was oh, the only dog on the ride and it was a ride nice. to benefit <laughs> dogs and humans. <laughs> Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So we were, I was determined to, you know, let her take part. <laughs> um, I, I understand that determination thing, too. <laughs> um, it's just more fun for them to be there and to come with. Yeah, I really struggled actually this summer because I wanted him to come on all of these rides that I was doing, but sometimes it was too hot mm. a day and I would just get too concerned that yeah. between my body heat and the sun, he would overheat. Yeah. And I had one where... We were riding and like, it felt like his little heart was just racing on my back. So I (laughs) took him and sat in the shade for a little bit and tried to give him some water. And he he seemed fine, but I was like, we've been out too long. This just doesn't feel right. Yeah. 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 So that's, um, yeah, I agree. Just, yeah, reading the cues. And I think there were definitely, there are definitely days where I haven't, you know, if I'm going to ride in the middle of the day, you know, it's like, I think knowing that. She's, you know, I want to take her with me kind of helps 
me to be more motivated to ride at the you know in the summer at least I mean now I live in Maryland mm-hmm. so it's hot and humid <laughs> um yes. and uh yeah, riding with her, you know, getting out first thing in the morning or going out in the evening, you know, it's just like that's sort of that's my motivation because then otherwise, you know, if it's a day that I really wanted to get out and ride, but I sort of missed the window, then she doesn't get to go. And she gets really like snarky with me when she she knows, you know, she knows that I'm getting ready. She sees my helmet. She sees all the bike stuff. She starts getting really interested. And then when the bike, ba- the dog backpack doesn't come out, it's like, you know, like you can just see the disappointment in her face. <laughs> the WTF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, um, describe her reaction when you do take the backpack out. Cause Watson's similar. He, he's like, okay, you're packing the, you're packing the bag. Did you pack my leash yet? No. Mm, what's going on? Yeah. Priscilla definitely has, um, I call it her like happy wiggle dance because she, she sees the bag <laughs> and she just starts she just starts jumping around like she'll jump around me and she um like she'll push me she pushes me with her nose like a lot generally but when she gets really excited about something she'll you know kind of like push me with her nose i think that's her way of sort of nudging me along to make it happen and <laughs> and then and then often and then I'll put the bag you know lay the bag down on the floor and get ready to put her in and, and then she just starts running circles around me and so, <laughs> <laughs> so then I have to you know I have to kind of like calm her down and get her you know refocus her on the task at hand <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm curious because so Watson's very similar he gets excited he starts jumping at me he um he gets very nibbly when I'm trying to put him in the backpack <laughs> I'm like, do you want to go in? You do want to go in. Well, then stop nibbling on my hand. Um, but, but, you know, and it, it just, you know, I get him in there and he's so excited and we get going and then we go wherever we're going and we hang out. And I feel like I'm curious if Priscilla's the same way. The second time, like when, once we're out somewhere and it's a, you know, we're getting back in the backpack mm. to do whatever. He's totally fine. Yeah. Totally chill. Yes. Doesn't move a muscle. Just lets me like put him back in the back. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Priscilla's normal. Why is that? that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're just like. It's okay. You can't leave without me. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just, you know, they're just kind of like they've been taking it all in, all the squirrels and the scenery and all the people, you know, carrying on about them. (laughs) They're, they're, you know, they're. Let's get into that for a second because that's come up multiple (laughs) times on the podcast because I do a segment where I take my friends and go for a little ride with them. Mm -hmm. And both times so far, or all of them, um, but the two recordings that I've really uh, focused on so far, they have both commented on the fact that like riding behind me is really fun because everyone's like, oh, I'm talking a backpack. Like, do you get that at all? Yes. Obviously you do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Um, yeah. It sounds like you'll probably relate to this entirely that. You're so like once once you know you as the 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 bike dog mom has sort of just gotten used to like this is the way of life like we're just riding along and I sort of forget I forget that it's like not normal to see a little dog head pop around your you know the side of your you know or it's not like you know it's just like this is just not a normal thing to most people or it takes them by surprise and so like the jubilant yells that I hear and the you know runner people who are running together and are like did you see that you know <laughs> those you know yeah. those shocked you know expressions or whatever and um, and because I'm riding you know usually in front like if I'm riding with somebody I'm usually maybe riding in front and so. 
I'm just kind of focused forward and looking at, you know, what's coming up and I miss all those facial expressions. So just like what you've yeah. seen, the, whoever's writing behind me will always say, you just, you know, it's just so amazing to watch people's reactions on their faces about what they've just witnessed. I, <laughs> I almost want to like put Watson on someone else's back and ride behind him. Yeah. Cause yeah. I want, like I hear it but I would love to see it. And I always have my GoPro out with me. I never catch it. <laughs> like it's always in those moments where it's like down or it's not doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't recreate it. Yeah. Although the thing that I will say too about letting Priscilla, so there's only been maybe two or three times that Priscilla has ridden on someone else's back. And it's also like a very out of body experience. I'm like, what is my dog oh, doing on someone like like looking at? Like, <laughs> it would make me nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and she's so chill. You know, of course, she's so chill. Like she doesn't really care who she's riding with as long as she's out in the world riding. So um, mm-hmm. doesn't matter to her. But uh, yeah, it's always like oh, so yeah, being able to, I definitely I do recommend yeah switching switching roles for a little bit, <laughs> just taking it in from that perspective because. Uh, yeah, it is. It is one of those things that assume, like when people like people pass. So the thing that I also love is that right now I live near um, a really good bicycling loop. And so um, what I'm learning is that it's a really great opportunity for people we pass to double check what they saw the first time around. Because usually we pass them <laughs> twice, right? So the first time, sometimes I hear that, oh, did you see that kind of comment? And then the second time, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like, like confirmation of what I saw. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that's, that's, uh, that's my new, like, silver lining to riding in a loop and seeing the same thing often. <laughs> <laughs> other people get to see her twice <laughs> yeah I, I was just thinking the the only time he's ridden with someone else I wasn't there he was staying at a friend's house for his very first overnight uh which turned into two overnights because I I was working at the polls and that's an all-day mm. assignment you're there until nine o'clock at night because polls end at eight or close at eight and then you have to make sure everything's uh, calculated properly and mm. this, that, and the other thing. Anyway, long story short, walking home, 9 o'clock at night, I called my friend, and I was like, I can bike over right now, go get him, it's not a big deal, like, I want my dog back. <laughs> and she, uh, she just, um, she was like, it's pretty late, like, I really don't mind. She texted me earlier, she's like, it's okay if he stays an extra night, oh. he's so well-behaved, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so the next, and she was like, I'll bring him back the next morning like all right so she bikes him back and so I did get to see him like riding up to my house but there's <laughs> you know, there wasn't anyone out at seven o'clock in the morning yeah. when she's riding back up to the, right. the house and I will say it was one of the cutest things yeah. where you're like yes my dog loves me because he got so excited to see me oh. after not seeing me for you know a day and a half that he wiggled himself right out of the back. oh wow and this leads me into my next round of questioning but I, I I always preface this story. I did take a video. I did not end up posting it because it makes the company that makes the backpack look bad. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, she didn't actually uh, <laughs> put any of the safety features on him. So he was just zipped in. Yeah. Um, and so he wiggled himself right out over her shoulder. I had to like pick him up oh, so he didn't fall. <laughs> uh, and it was so cute and I felt so loved. But um, 
that leads me into my next round of questioning, which is uh, not bad things, because obviously there's a lot of joy with a dog. But like, have you ever had any like weird mishaps? Watson is super chill, but every once in a while there's some dog that barked at him first, and we're stopped at a stoplight so he can stop and pay attention to it, and he's trying to like get up off of over my shoulder, and if I don't have his little safety clips, yeah. like he would have come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, I've definitely had that experience with Priscilla and even actually one time she managed to wiggle herself out too and I I had the safety clip um on her collar but she still you know was like halfway out of the bag at one point like and this was early on so (laughs) just trying to figure out how to really tighten up all the before they yeah yeah like all Mm -hmm. the pinch points or you know like all the sort of spots um but she will occasionally she tends sometimes she'll just bark at other dogs um but the things that really kind of rile her up are if she sees, like, a rabbit or a squirrel or, you know, some kind of rodent, <laughs> um, that really can get her going. And um, she, yeah, a couple of times she's, you know, she gets so frantic that she, you know, like, knocks my helmet sideways on my head. Right? Oh my. Like, so, like, sometimes she really will, like, punch me in the back of the head sometimes. <laughs> um sometimes I feel the little paw on the back of my helmet like what are you doing back there yeah yeah so yeah we've had um nothing nothing that got too out of control and I think you know that's the and when those things happen I think it confirms why I have to stay with the backpack rather than trying to do like a basket option for her on the bike Mm -hmm. because I just feel like she's like we're still the same kind of center of gravity so when she does Mm -hmm. get so excited like that like at least I'm still in control of every like the bike and I you know we're not gonna get she can't she doesn't have enough wiggle space to like really throw me off or anything and so um uh yeah but yeah we've we've had a couple and (laughs) Uh, it's rare though yeah I mean yeah I I'm surprised at how rarely he actually not I mean he looks at everything he's clearly excited his eyes his head follows things mm. but he very rarely makes sound yeah we did have we saw a coyote one night Ooh. that set him off <laughs> it was the most he's ever barked wow. um and I was like all right let's get around this corner let's get away as fast as possible thank god we're on a bike uh because it was a little spooky. Sure. It was like 10 o'clock at night. The thing was like, I felt like it was prowling wow. on the sidewalk. And by the time we turned, I looked over my shoulder. And it was like in the middle of the street staring oh at us. Oh, my gosh. Trying to figure out what this weird sound was coming from my back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was all good. Uh, I Yeah, that remind. I was going to ask this at the beginning, and I forgot, so I'll ask now. Um, why, you know, you kind of just answered it, but the backpack versus the the basket for me it was um the fact that I had more than one bike Mm. Uh, and if I put a basket or any of the other types of things like I can't easily move him from bike to bike yeah that's true that's a really good point I think um I don't know if I thought so much about that because I think (laughs) yeah I think it was you know I think at the time for me I, I sort of primarily had one bike um that I was using and so I think for her I think I think the thing for me was that just her size, like even though she's only about 13 pounds, she's tall. And mm-hmm. so I just thought I wouldn't probably wouldn't really be able to find a basket that she would be comfortable in. And just knowing that she is, she's part terrier, you know, if she sort of has more of that like 
freedom of airspace around her, she might be more inclined to go after things while we're riding. Whereas like when, you know, she's on my back, she's just a whole lot more confined. And I think she, I think she's really comfortable, you know, like, like, I don't know if you notice with Watson, but with Priscilla, like, I feel her sort of snuggle in, like she kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and, and I feel her, you know, like, like when I move from like the top of the handlebars, like into the, like the drop handlebars, if I'm on my road bike, she kind of readjusts because now I've given her more of like a flatter platform and she, you know, like I, yeah. like I feel her legs kind of shift around a little bit and like, you know, I think she like, I think she really enjoys that space. <laughs> yeah. And I can usually tell when we're hitting, you know, his limit mm. a little bit too, that he needs a break because he starts shifting more yes. and he's like, yeah, we've been sitting mm. like this for a while. Like let's, let's take a little break. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're, they're all snuggled up in there. It's really cute. Uh, and I, I also, I think I will admit that like, I, you know, seeing you with the backpack, I was like, aha, yes, backpack. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and I looked up the, the canine sports sack. Yeah. Uh, they're not paying me, but they're great. <laughs> I just bought a second backpack. Um, but they, <laughs> they, uh, you know, had what I wanted and then I kind of fit the dog around that. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, like, I kind of ruled out all these other options because of all the things that you just said. And I think the, the jumping around part is key as well, because he definitely gets really riled up in our fenced in yard. Mm. But if I were, you know, if you're walking by a dog on the street, he's like, yeah, cool friend. Yeah. Hi. Um, but inside of a fence, which I feel yeah. like a, a caged in basket might've been the same idea. Mm. It's like, I got to bark at everybody yeah. and you're right there and I can't get to you. Yep. Um, <laughs> so one of <laughs> At one point, I think I had posted on his Instagram, like, an ask me anything. And one of my friends, uh, I won't call him out um, because <laughs> people would know him. Uh, but he was like, has he ever gone to the bathroom in the bag? And all I did was post this really, I have this really funny picture of Watson looking mad at me because I hadn't finished my work day yet. And he was, like, staring daggers at me. I just posted that picture. But... Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but that's never happened to you, right? Yeah, no, no, uh, no, um, (laughs) no surprise gifts in the bottom of the backpack. (laughs) (laughs) No no Tootsie Rolls I didn't pack. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) Thankfully. That's the best description. I I was thinking pee. Oh, oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no. And I guess, you know, uh, I, I guess we, you know, make sure she's ready to go before we go. And then, you know, she mm-hmm. can see out where it's not like we're, yeah, it's not like we're riding for eight hours. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, like, we stop every hour mm. maximum. Yeah. I'm like, it's not that he's, you know, he's a good boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I try to think, um, what, what's what's the question you get asked the most for me it was always like how did you get him to do that does he like it my favorite is when I'm on the street and people are like he really seems to enjoy it like yeah we wouldn't do it if he didn't well I take that back we would but we do it more often because he enjoys it right yeah 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 I think um I think uh, I think the question I get most is like yeah it's like how did you how did you get her to do that? You know, I think it's just such a, yeah. it's such a, such a surprise to people to, to know that there is this, 
you know, I guess I'll call it Other an way. industry, but yeah, there's, there are these things like, you know, for every way of life, there's something out there. There's a product that supports your decision. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, having, that's true. having a bike dog is one of those things. And I think it's just, you know, um, that sort of initial surprise of like, how, how do you even, um, or, you know, when I say, oh, I ride with my dog in a backpack, like I, I think people, a lot of people will just automatically think, you know, I have like a a Jansport backpack that I shove my dog in and I'm like, no, no, no. It's like a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a special backpack. It's, it's a special design. backpack. And she, you know, she's riding like piggyback on me <laughs> and, and then I have to show pictures and then, and then it's, you know, it all, yeah, it all clicks in and, and then, and then, yeah, people see her and they're like, oh, of course you would take that dog everywhere on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything we haven't covered when it comes to bike dogs. I think we should round out this conversation (laughs) with um, your bike dog joy. Mm. Uh, Is there something recently maybe that happened or just in general, like what's your joy when it comes to riding with her? Well, I think just in general, just the fact that I can ride with her. I mean, it really, um, you know, I think that knowing that that initial prediction that I had about what it would be like to have her came true. And, you know, just like every aspect of my life is better because I can bring her along. And, um, you know, I, I, I think you know her story, but I know not everybody else does, but she was, you know, tied to a tree and abandoned in Tennessee. So, um, it's also (laughs) that, uh, feeling of knowing that, I believe she's a pretty happy dog now and, um, being able to, she looks pretty happy. Yeah. Being able to give her this life, which, you know, is who knows what she thinks. Like, it's just like normal that you go ride around with your human (laughs) bike. (laughs) But, um, yeah, just being able to, just being able to get out and sort of, you know, have her be stimulated. I, you know, I'm, I'm living, um, we're living in a place where she has a yard right now, but that hasn't usually been the case. So just even, you know, as a, as a way for her to like access just the environment is, um, yeah, it's just really, um, just really special. I will say one thing that, that I do miss about Boston and the, and the transportation system is that here in Maryland, um, it's not as dog friendly on public transportation. So I do miss having that multimodal life where I could, you know, we could bike Mm -hmm. to a tea station or we could, you know, bike to a bus and we could get on public transportation. (laughs) Um, Even in the backpack, they don't allow it? uh, No, it's not anything that I've seen on any of the services. Mm. So it's, you know, I like service dogs. Yes, of course. But, um, you know, that's one, that's one area where I think, you know, I definitely miss being in Boston. <laughs> yeah, being, truly we, being able to we, take her anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about this at one point too. Just the fact that like can get away with a lot more if they're just in the backpack. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I gotta run into this grocery store yeah. while I'm on this ride. Like, I guess he's just gonna be by me. And normally they're like, oh my god, look at that adorable dog. <laughs> right. Like they don't care at all because he's contained. He can't. Yeah. He can't reach anything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've definitely had those moments where I'm like. I went somewhere and they were like, mm, we're not allowing dogs in this market. And I put them in the backpack and walked in. <laughs> oh, and all of the vendors were like, oh my God, a dog. It's so cute. <laughs> I could feel the stink eye from the, uh, the organizer, oh. but it was fine. They didn't, they didn't protest after that. So it was fine. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think just 
just being able to get out and go and experience the world is just just the coolest part about it <laughs> yeah I so for me um I I've always wanted a dog I've wanted a dog for years and years and years I had dogs growing up um huge lover of dogs anytime there's a dog at a party I was the person yeah <laughs> you know hanging out with them and and not talking <laughs> right <to them>. and <laughs> so and so I always said, because I just, you know, I went to work full time in an office and then normally had activities in the evenings. And so it just didn't make sense for me to get a dog because I wasn't home enough. And I said, if I ever work from home, I'll get a dog. Lo and behold, we have this global pandemic. (laughs) And I was able to work from home, convince my landlord that this would be a good idea. And I was able to get a dog. Um, And for me, it's this experience just the same as you like just the fact that I can take him everywhere um he comes with me to my sister's house he comes to me to game night at my friend's house like he comes out on group bike rides (laughs) he you know is jokingly called our lead mechanic for common wheels every time he goes (laughs) to the open shop with me um you know it just kind of ingratiating him into the Boston cycling world too because he does come with me everywhere and that to the point where when he doesn't come people are like Wait, like no. if someone walked up to me at an event and then kind of leaned over and tried to look behind me and they're like, where's Watson? Uh, <laughs> like, he's he's not here. <laughs> you can talk to me. It's okay. No, I, um, I did not. I did not have a problem with that because I would have done the same thing. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that like now I have this adorable, snuggly little buddy that comes with me everywhere. It's it's my favorite. Yeah. Stacy, I very much appreciate you taking your time and talking to me about this because I'm sure you feel the same way. I could talk about my dog forever. And sometimes when I'm out and about and I have Watson with me, I have to like, or I don't have him with me and then I talk about him more. Um, I have to kind of hold myself back a little bit. Like not everybody wants to know every single little detail about what Watson did today. Um, But that's, you know, if if this isn't your type of conversation, you don't have to listen to this episode. And I tell you at the end of our 40 minute conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, but both of our dogs were featured in a wall street journal article. Yes. That was super fun. And Stacy and Priscilla were the, feature photo so every time you linked to the article their faces came up which was really cool uh, although not mine so much because I, I was right behind a gator well, but, yeah I mean <laughs> to be fair I cut myself out of a lot of photos yeah. so you can see Watson yeah yeah um but it was still you guys were the the feature which was really neat yeah that was super fun that was and thank you like you made that happen so that was that was just awesome <laughs> yeah I my sister actually saw this reporter post on a like <laughs> Facebook group and gave him my information and then I sent him to Stacy because he was looking for more bike dog people uh, but it was really exciting yeah. and it was a the Wall Street Journal like right. it's a big deal right. so yeah. that was that was really cool. yeah I didn't tell I really hyped that up yeah I didn't tell anybody that I worked like anyone in my professional circle about it but there was one person <laughs> who manages transportation programs in the next county over and I knew I know that he reads the Wall Street Journal, and so I just kind of let it go for a little bit. And I think um, the weekend, the Monday after the weekend that that story was published, I saw an email pop up from him, and I saw who was copied, <laughs> and the subject line said, "Just go to page three. 
<laughs> and it was it was the Wall Street Journal article PDF'd. <laughs> <laughs> and and page three <laughs> was me and Priscilla. And <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so then I had to tell my work and say, look, I just want you all to know, like, I didn't, you know, I obviously didn't ask any of you if I could do this, you know, interview. I didn't say who I worked for, but it was like, uh, I just know that, you know, working in government, things can, things can come mm. back around even when they're good things. So <laughs> then I did have to tell people because I was like, oh, <laughs> Uh, I told everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, no big deal. Yeah. My dog was in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah. I rarely said me, though, even though I'm the one who's quoted. Because I was like, this yeah. is not about me. Right. This is about my dog. Right. Yeah. 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 I sort of I um, have to decide when to work that in. I, I don't work it into every conversation. <laughs> You're more modest. Than yeah. Me, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Priscilla was just featured in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> Someone, someone said it to my sister and she was like, oh, that was my sister's dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, well, Stacy, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Thank you so much for having a bike dog so that I could live my best life. Um, and hopefully we can both continue to be models of smart behavior for future dog owners. And mm-hmm. um, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving coming Thank up. you so much. You too. I really, um, I really love the work you're doing and I um, love to see you riding with Watson and giving him the best bike dog life. <laughs> and, Aw, and, thank uh, you. <laughs> Do you want to plug Priscilla's Instagram so that people can go and see the fuzzy barnacle? <laughs> sure. So yeah. Um, so her Instagram is um, hi, it's little p. Just all one word. As it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it will it will be in the show notes. Cool. So don't don't you worry, everybody. <laughs> All right. Stacy, I will let you go, but thank you so All much right. and, and make sure to get out and ride with Priscilla. This yes, weekend. thanks, you too. <laughs> Welcome back, Smars. Thank uh, thanks for coming back to play a little game with me. Um, I have a fun game, should you choose to accept your assignment mm-hmm. which is uh i'm gonna list off some biking terms oh boy and i'm gonna be looking for you for a definition perfect i'm gonna rock this i this seems right up your alley what personally. do i win when i get 100 percent right um <laughs> my admiration perfect okay so my first term for you here Ooh. is drafting Drafting, I actually know. That's when you ride sort of uh, close behind somebody. I don't understand how it works, but it helps you ride, is it like smoother and faster without as much effort? So you're sort of like in their draft. You're in their slipstream. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds disgusting. (laughs) This is not that kind of podcast, LJ. They're... um getting the wind blocked by drafting on someone so the person out front is doing a lot more work so generally when you have a big group uh you change out who's at at the front of the line okay i know they do it in the tour de france a lot Mm -hmm. um a presta valve and a schrader valve Mm -hmm. well those are two opposite but equally important valves the presta valve is um that's up at the top of your bike and uh it makes a sound almost like a magician would make like and that's to let people know that you're coming and um (laughs) okay so lj is not taking this seriously she just (laughs) dropped her notes all over the place i'm sitting here 
like a dummy trying to explain these terms that she doesn't know as a biker. You would it's think that she would know. It's upsetting that I don't know these. Seriously. So it was the Presta valve and what was the other one? The Schrader valve. Oh, right. The Schrader valve. Um, the Schrader valve was invented by Ian Schrader, who I believe is a very um, uh, prominent Boston chef. And so that valve just lets out good smells of delicious, delicious food. Oh my God, I wish that was true. <laughs> um, I have to check now and see if that's if, because I know the name Ian Trader. Like. <laughs> um, so the Presta and the Trader <laughs> valves are just the two different types of valves of different types of tubes for tires on your bike. That's not even true. Mm-hmm. And I the Schrader like- valve is the one that you typically see on mountain bikes as well as cars. Oh, all right. Well, tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Um, the next term I have for you today is uh, bonk or bonking. Oh, it's Ian Schrager, and he's a hotelier. That's what I had screwed up on. So don't listen to me at all. Um, so is bonking? Bonk or bonking? Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that here. Again, bonking is something that you do preferably off trails because you shouldn't do it in public. <laughs> No, that's when you, that's when, I know this one, this yeah. is, that's when um, two bikes go to greet each other, and you're both facing one another, and very slowly, you just ride up to one another and bonk your friend tires. Oh, it's that's, like a greeting. That's really precious. Yeah. Um, bonking is when a rider completely runs out of energy, typically because they did not eat or drink enough. Ah. It is not a good state to be in um, because it takes too long to rejuvenate that energy. It's why you need to eat a lot when you're doing longer rides. Ah. Um, so, okay. I would be very good at long rides then. I'm a great eater. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll fight you for that last cookie that we have sitting next to us. (laughs) All right. Your next term Mm -hmm. is the Peloton. I know most people have probably heard this term. You already talked about the Tour de France, but do you know what the Peloton actually is? And it is not. Yeah. It's a bike. It's a bike that my, that my employers (laughs) have on their house. I can't afford one, but my employers have one. Um, The Peloton is, um, that's a, it's a road, isn't it? Is It's kind of a, a stretch that they, that they ride in the Tour de France. She's taking her head no, so I'm going to keep talking <laughs> until I get closer to the answer. Actually, a highlight term. A what? A highlight term. It's what highlight is, is, um, it's a game where you, you hold on to what they call a Peloton. It's like a banana shaped, um, instrument that's sort of hollow in the middle and you wing a ball really hard at it's kind of like really dangerous oh. racquetball but like yeah so that's a uh, you're so close <laughs> peloton refers to the main group of riders in a road race so when you're ah. watching like the tour de france yes. you see the big big clump together okay that's the peloton i have heard it before yeah it, uh, these are all terms that you've either heard or pretty well known within i'm sorry biking. As as a as a as a non-bikey, to have heard Schrader valve, come on. But most people in biking have heard of it, which right, is why whatever. I'm forcing you to <laughs> do this for me. I want to ask right, these people walking by if they've ever heard <laughs> the term Schrader valve. I'll ask this dog. Hey, what's a Schrader valve? <laughs> yep, he got it confused with Ian Schrager too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, All so. Right. <laughs> Um, 
Anyway. So what? I've gotten one right? Is that I, I think so, yeah. You you've gotten the first one right. So Although far. I still think bonking I came pretty close on. You were you were terribly and close. And if that's not and what it is, it should be now. I was gonna say I would be happy to petition for that to yeah. be the official mm-hmm. definition because that was pretty good. And just think of how fun it would be coming up to another biker and say, Excuse me, I'd like to bonk you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please bonk? Bonk bonk. You have that's the thing is when you bonk you have to say that too. You have to go bonk bonk. <laughs> bonk bonk. <laughs> All right. So this next one is a more off the beaten trail uh of cycling terms. Perfect. Then unless is, you're a This is where I excel. This is where you excel. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll like this term. Perfect. Called a domestique. So what is uh, what is a domestique really? Oh no, she's a Marvel character. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, so so, so close. close. Um, a domestique is a rider who typically supports um, the designated team lead in cycling racing. So the idea is that um, people don't realize this, but when you do bike racing, it's actually a team sport. Yeah. And and so is that the person that they draft behind? Exactly. So your domestique would be the person who would probably lead the draft so that your lead sprinter or climber or whatever it is can take a break and, and rest. And then when they're ready to go riding up ahead they, they have that nice break so that's something i've never understood what makes the leader the leader because usually you hear about like you know so and so won the bike race they don't talk about the team they talk about the person winning the bike race so i mean i feel like it must kind of suck to be the domestique where it's like oh always the bridesmaid never the bride you know like where it's always so why how does one get designated as the leader um, so it, it, it tends to be the person who, it's so funny when you actually, if you watch the Tour de France, it's always the person who wins the stage is off in like the back somewhere at the beginning of the ride hmm. because they're conserving all of their energy. And then when it comes to, uh, like a big hill day, they'll go out front and they'll just climb that hill better than anyone can climb a hill in their entire lives or they're they'll they're really good at sprinting so they'll be the person who like sprints at the very end Mm -hmm. um so it it has a lot to do with like positioning and stuff like that too but i imagine being a domestique comes from not being the fastest sprinter not being the fastest climber but being a really solid rider and so that just ends up being your Mm. role it sounds Mm. like it's french for like dumbass (laughs) you're the one who fell for this you lost the coin toss (laughs) oh no um, the next uh, term I have here is, uh, it's not the nicest term, but th- it's called the granny gear. The granny gear. That's, that's the slowest, easiest gear. That's like, yeah. Yeah. So typically if you have, you, yeah, number yeah. two, right. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, when you have a bike with three chain rings in the front, it generally refers to the third chain ring. It's not the nicest term. No. But but it's apt, but it's know, apt. Yeah, because I use the granny, the granny gear gear all the time. <laughs> I have speed problems and memory problems. Clearly, perfect for you. Yeah, it's been a long time um, since I've talked to anyone. I know, I know. Uh, so the last term I have for you um, is actually an acronym. Ooh. I love these. Mm-hmm. And so the, your last definition is to define the acronym LBS. LBS stands 
for lower brake system. It's the part. Well, I don't have to explain it. It explains itself. I mean, humor me. I I always get them mixed up with the upper brake system. Yeah. So just just what is it again? That's the bikes that when they don't have the handlebar brakes, they have the ones where you pedal backwards and it breaks. So that's the lower brake system as opposed to the UBS, which is the upper brake system. (laughs) (laughs) Again, just... You're right there. Lord Byron's swimmer. That Yeah, got yeah. any more in your pocket? <laughs> oh, I got a million of them. <laughs> I know. That's the problem, isn't it? Large butt seat. Um, <laughs> those are those big, big seats that people ride, not the skinny ones. I, mm-hmm. I like a large butt seat because they're usually padded and they're a lot more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that... <laughs> The LBS is uh, your local bike shop. Yes, so it you'll is. hear that you'll hear that sometimes when people say you should support your LBS. Uh-huh. So you should support your local bike shop. Uh huh. Okay. Um, it, it sounds a little bit like, um, like when it's like it's like IBS. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> I won. What did I win? <laughs> um. Well, I won a trip to my LBS. <laughs> You certainly did. Christina Smars, thank you so much for playing the game. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug or talk about before no, we sign I'm off today? No, I'm not doing anything. Um, yeah, check out an Etsy shop that I don't have yet, but I'm going to be setting up real soon. Oh, I love it. Called Ella Jean's Armoire. Yeah. Ella Jean's Armoire? Yeah. Oh, I, I like I, that name. I have vintage jewelry. and Okay. Um, Listeners, goods. I will be checking back in with that. It'll be in some show notes in the future. You keep a lookout. <laughs> that is a wrap on episode three, folks. Thank you to Christina Smars and Stacy King for chatting with me. And of course, to Watson and Priscilla for being the best bike dogs. The theme and music is by the extremely talented Kate Hardley. Her new album, West, is now available. I've listened all the way through and it's incredible. You can get it at Kate Hardly, that's H-A-R-D-L-Y dot bandcamp dot com. The podcast is hosted, produced, recorded, and edited by me, Laura Jillian, with an honorable mention to Watson the Bike Dog for his contributions throughout the show. For more information about the show and biking, you can visit my website at randonista.com. Follow my adventures in biking and behind the scenes of the pod on Randonista on Instagram and Randonista on YouTube and Watson's biking adventures at Watson the Bike Dog on Instagram. And now, your Watson moment. Getting back to the, the story, well, where was I? So the city, this uh, the is going to be the most exciting podcast when all of a sudden <laughs> Watson takes a leap at one of these swans <laughs> that's swimming in the water. And then 15 minutes of us screaming, trying to get him back, get it back out of the water. splashing. <laughs> a few like, <laughs> that's the swans. And then, <laughs> you got Watson's attention I with those noises. Now he's ready it. to attack you. <laughs> oh, more puppies. doggies. Oh my goodness. Hi. This is so freaking cute. Oh, hi. You want to be on a podcast? We'll make you famous. Oh, oh, this dog spots the swan off in the distance. Oh, yeah. This is going to be fun to listen God, back what to. I wouldn't give to, to see one, one dog, dog go after it. After, yeah. It's such a bad idea, though. I know. Well, in my world, neither of them win. You know, nothing gets, nothing, nothing gets harmed. Yeah. Everybody's mm. a loser in my game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going for it. He's getting in the water. He's drinking it up. Yeah. Supplying, he's uh, fueling himself for the battle ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
All right, I'm going to take a few laps here. I'm going to taste the water, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get. To, I'm going to bite the crap out of. Oh, oh and then I'm going to find gonna the absolute hardest yeah. way to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shake all this water off, and nobody will even know. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to bite you right in the butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. they're round back two. for lap two. Here we go. Round two. <laughs> Black and white still in the lead, and uh, here goes Curly Tail off in really far third place. Oh, no. Now they're going in opposite direction. But he's got a lot of heart, you know? <laughs> oh. and poor Watson just wants in on the action. Hmm. But he's sitting here in his sweatshirt thinking, they think I'm a nerd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be an epic shake. There he goes. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, don't even worry These about it. These dogs are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Check me out here at um, Fresh Pond, where I'll be sitting on this bench for the next two or three months just watching dogs. Think about going into the water. <laughs>